You asked, we answered. Many of you have asked that each show on the Man of God Network be transitioned to its own RSS feed on iTunes or the podcast app that you use. We've heard your request. Each show on the Man of God Network is now available on its own unique RSS feed. This makes it easier to search for previous episodes, yet all of our shows are still connected on one channel. You can find this by searching the Man of God by CBT Seminary channel on iTunes. If you've enjoyed our content, please consider subscribing to each show on the Man of God Network channel as we move content over. And thanks for listening to the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. You are listening to Particular Pilgrims, stories from Reformed Baptist history with commentary. I'm your host, Ron Miller, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church of Clarksville, Tennessee, and a longtime student and collector of Particular Baptist history. We're on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. We turn now to the lessons from the life of Robert Robinson. And are there scriptural lessons to be learned? Well, certainly he could be praised and even emulated for his scriptural churchmanship, his village outreach of preaching, and his charity. But the striking, even shocking question that comes to any Calvinistic heart is this. Was Robert a genuine believer? Did he leave the God he loved? Or did he safely arrive at home? He was so fervent, so doctrinally sound for so much of his life. Surely he kept his footing on the mount of God's redeeming love. Or did he slip off through doctrinal unbelief? Perhaps it was not God's good pleasure for him to arrive safely at home. Now the question of Robert's eternal state cannot be answered with certainty by us now. And I'll not go into all the arguments on each side of the question, except to say that the tension I've described was real in his later life. He denied being an Arian or anti-Trinitarian, but neither would he affirm historic orthodoxy. So did he maintain a scriptural saving faith? The Lord knows. But Robert's uncertain end serves as the basis for several lessons that come to us in the form of warnings. First, choose your friends wisely. 1 Corinthians 15.33, bad company corrupts good morals. Robert did not choose his closest friends wisely and paid a price for it. Loss of joy in believing, at least, and loss of eternal joy, possibly. Later in life, Robert was surrounded largely by educated but unbelieving men. The spirit of the age, rationalism and naturalism, lived in them, and it began to corrupt Robert, slowly at first, but definitely and strongly over time. He imbibed their doubts rooted in the exaltation of their reason over revelation. The application to us is plain. Have you, in your sphere of life, chosen your friends according to scriptural grounds. Now, I assume I'm speaking to Christians. Do you place yourself among sound, reverent, zealous Christians? 
Are your closest friends those who share biblical views and dedication to live them out? This is the way of prudence, as the book of Proverbs teaches, because your friends will influence you for good or ill. Hebrews 3, 12-14, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Do you see the kind of means of grace that believing friends are? They exhort each other every day to keep us from being hardened by sin. I'm not saying you should have no unsaved acquaintances or that every Christian friend must think precisely as you do, but of this group, do you influence them for good or them, you, for evil or weakness? Being a Christian witness to the world isn't about fitting in with them and becoming like your ungodly companions. There are some people that undoubtedly you should simply stay away from because, like in Robert's case, they may not just help you sin a bit and make your conscience a bit dull and lessen your zeal. Given time and opportunity, they may keep you from heaven. They may be the devil's means to slowly draw your heart away from the truth as it is in Jesus and cause you to fall away from the living God. No, if you mean, can one of God's true elect go to hell? No. But if you mean, can someone make a profession of faith and then be drawn away by means of sinful friends? Yes. (laughs) Can this actually happen? Well, I think most of us know of people who once claimed Christ, but largely through the influence of unbelieving companions, have left him. And so Robert's life teaches us to choose our friends wisely because bad company corrupts good morals. Secondly, Robert's example ought to help us to ensure that our first principles are scriptural. Proverbs 23.23 says, Buy the truth and do not sell it. By this I mean that we must work to make our foundational beliefs scriptural. At conversion, we're given a renewed mind and new first principles. We must work to then unlearn our old way of thinking and put on the mind of Christ. Old theories, presuppositions, beliefs, and dogmas must be rooted out and then kept out, or our growth in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ will suffer. And when these mental errors are of a foundational type, like Roberts about the equa supremacy of scripture and reason, God and nature, they can have devastating results. One widespread and very dangerous belief, foundational in many people's minds, is that of free will. Free will, as the world defines it, is a deadly cancer. The sensories have shown that it will not stay benign, but will spread to all of a person's other beliefs and corrupt them, even destroy them. That false doctrine is why the general Baptists went apostate repeatedly. And so it was, perhaps, with Robert. Reason overruled the scriptural doctrine of the Trinity and the divine human nature of Christ to the point where it served to undermine his faith. 
Put another way, we must love the truth. Not just know it, but love it. It was said of Robert that he believed the truth, but he did not love it. Perhaps that isn't true. But he impressed at least one person that way who summarized it. But truth is not a nice extra. God's word is truth. The truth sets men free. Jesus is the truth. And if you love the truth, you will be saved. 2 Thessalonians 2.10. Well, a third and final lesson is this. To persevere to the end, we must cling to Christ. John 15.4 commands us, abide in Christ. Abide in me. Did Robert cling to Christ in the end? It's hard to say. A biographer says this, the great central doctrine of the new covenant, which as all experience shows is life and peace and steadfastness to the soul that holds it fast, that is redemption by the blood of Christ, Robert had almost let slip. The very light of life was obscured. The result afforded one additional proof that the servants of Christ are healthy and joyous only as long as they see in Christ's cross the power of God and the wisdom of God. You see, my friends, religious rationalism is not enough. You must have Christ to be saved in the end, and it must be the Christ of the Bible, a man to ransom men, to take their place, and he must be God for the value of the sacrifice to meet God's infinite standard. You see, orthodoxy is very practical. You can't be saved any other way. All other methods fall short. And so it is to this Christ that you must hold on. You must have a complete Christ, prophet, priest, and king for a complete salvation. Low views of Christ do affect your eternal destiny. And you must have Christ, not religious experience. Robert had Whitfield for a preacher. Three years of conviction. He became a famous scholar and a hymn writer. Surely this experience was enough to keep him for all his life and eternity. No. Only Christ held by faith can keep a man for eternity. So we must keep on believing and keep on repenting, and we must abide in Christ if we are to be safe. Of course, I'm not denying that justification by faith happens at a specific place and time. I'm just saying that no single experience will save you if you do not abide in Christ. Perhaps you are one that isn't sure about your state. Or perhaps your parents, friends, or pastors aren't sure. Well, I would urge you to take note of Robert Robinson. Here we are discussing, in part, whether he's safe in the arms of Jesus. I presume some of his particular Baptist pastor friends wondered the same thing at his passing into eternity. And so I urge each of you, for the love of your parents, for their peace of mind at your death, or your friends, or your pastors, or your own, make your relationship to Christ clear. Don't hang around the edges. Don't use your Christian liberty as a cover-up for sin, lukewarmness, and lethargy. Instead, Make and keep a clear commitment to Christ. Cling to him alone, and by his power, live consistently to that profession. Then great comfort 
will be yours and will also come to those who you leave behind. Hebrews 6, 11, and 12 says, And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may through faith and patience inherit the promises. Oh, do not imitate Robert in the assurance of hope. Instead, cling to the biblical Christ by faith, and you will inherit the promises. Thank you for listening today. This is Ron the Baptist wishing you grace and peace.